Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. And a pleasant good evening and welcome, everyone, to what we'll call a special edition of the Saints Coaches Show and Saints Hour combined. I'm Mike Hoss, and we'll have Bobby Bear at the Silver Slipper, Mike Dettelier as well, but we're joined with Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis as we kind of combine the Coaches Show and the Saints Hour on this Tuesday, December 26th. The Saints played on Thursday, Christmas on Monday. A lot of stuff happening. Mickey, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mike. Uh, Bobby, look, I hope you guys had a great Christmas. Um, but, yeah, we're ready to uh, get after Tampa this week. Right. So that's kind of where we'll begin. I mean, obviously, two games to play, not mathematically where you wanted to be, but you, you got two games to play. You're still in the conversation. There's still a great deal to play for. All you can do is what you can do with what's in front of you. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it, it is what it is. And um, look, we've got, we've got, uh, you know, a game in front of us uh, against a team that's in front of us in the, in the division. And, and uh, you know, we need to put out our best effort. Now, uh, you know, Mickey, when I look at Baker Mayfield, it, all, it, it always matters when you're facing a, a team. But I'm looking at Tampa Bay, Baker Mayfield. He had his best game of the season. Uh, I'm looking against the Packers. He had threw for 381 yards, four touchdowns, and a perfect quarterback rating. And I think all of a sudden I look, okay, what he's going to do against the Jaguars. And all of a sudden they had a convincing win and an impressive run. Where Tampa Bay's at 30 to 12, uh, we all know the Jaguars. You consider them as a playoff type team, and then now all of a sudden Tampa Bay is one win away from uh, securing their third straight NFC South. And now we've been part of four straight uh, victories uh, to win the NFC South. So I think we kind we kind of behind the eight ball with Tampa Bay right now, compared to where we're at, uh, where we'd want to be going into this season. Yeah, look, we're we're looking up at them in the standings. They've played well um, the last few weeks. Um, look, that's to their credit. You know, oftentimes, um, you know, you, you look at these opponents, and and oftentimes it's when you play somebody as opposed to who you play. And uh, look, they're playing well right now, so so we're gonna have to bring our best game. And and look, they've got a lot on the line. So do we. And so it should be a it's a playoff type game for both of us. And, uh, that, you know, that's the atmosphere that we expect. Now, uh, you know, Mickey, when I look at what occurred, um, in the Rams game, and I know you watching this, I mean, it just seems like, uh, that, you know, like, you know, you could be objective and you look at this AFC and NFC, 
And who's hot right now? I say the Rams were definitely hot. And you say, watch out for them in the NFC, considering you look at the Ravens uh, when they went to San Francisco, what they did. And then all of a sudden, uh, they go to the East Coast. It's 31 to 31. And then all of a sudden, they lose in overtime and a pun return. You look what the Bills have done as of late in the AFC. Is it really like a game of streaks, whether it's like a handful or like month to month? It seems like who's getting hot at the right time is significant. Who truly uh, has a chance to make a difference? Yeah, look, I think uh, it gets right back to what I said, Bobby, in in that uh, oftentimes it's when you play someone and and are you playing them when when they're feeling good about themselves and have a high level of confidence and everything's clicking and, and, you know, the tempo's good and offensively and, and look, I, I think that the Rams have played, you know, particularly in offense, have played really well in the last, you know, four or five weeks. Um, you know, they've they've got, uh, um, you know, they got an experienced quarterback. They've got really good skill position people. They found a gem in this uh, rookie receiver. Um, the running back's playing well. The offensive line is clicking, and so. Look, we, we caught them at, at uh, a time when they're playing well, and we needed to match that, and, and we didn't, particularly in the first half. Um, look, we, it was a poor start for us. You know, they got some momentum early. We're moving the ball. And, look, it was still a 10-7, you know, game after we scored that touchdown with uh, a few minutes left. I thought we kind of seized the momentum back. Uh, you know, we, we, we get a stop, and, and we're, we're moving the ball down down the field and, and uh, get the fourth down. Um, and and we didn't convert, and then boom, 35 seconds later, they they've got a touchdown right before the end of the half to make it 17-7, which in and of itself isn't isn't uh, uh, something you can't overcome. But look, they also were getting the ball at the beginning of the second half, and and uh, you know took that down and scored too. So um, that was that was a, a, a swing in that game that we kind of climbed back into and and couldn't overcome. Mickey, obviously with. Tampa coming up Sunday, you, you, the Rams are in the rearview mirror. I get it. But I also know just from, you know, talking to you and talking to Dennis Allen and, and the rest of this team that that they felt, and I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, that did not win this game in the trenches. And that, 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 that bothers this kind of team uh, with the defensive front that you have and the offensive line that you have to, to maybe not win in the trenches. Yeah, I think I think that uh, look, I think we, we you know they were the better team um, in that game, no question about it. They beat us, um, you know, in, in in at least on offense and defense. You know, they 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 got the advantage to us, took advantage of us, and and uh, deserved to win the game. But we did some good things in the special teams uh, area, um, but that wasn't enough to overcome um, you know the poor start in particular. You know, when when you, um, you know, I think the first three or four drives, they had, you know, a touchdown, a field goal, a missed field goal. um, And, and, you know, we ended up moving the ball at times, but not getting into a scoring area. We had a couple of fourth downs that we didn't convert. Um, And look, I don't have any, I don't have any reason to second guess that, you know, um, look, I think we went into that game thinking that we were going to have to score a lot of points to win. Um, probably upwards of the high 20s or you know early 30s, and so I don't blame our, our uh, uh, play calling and, and trying to go for it and be aggressive on fourth down. But 
um, look, it didn't work out. Now, uh, you know, Mickey, uh, when I look at it, um, let me tell you why I'm discouraged. You know, it's about winning on the trenches, offensive defensive line. But this has been the trend this season. I wish it was flipped. Uh, but basically, um, you know, you look at this game. We averaged 2.2 yards a run, and we gave up 4.2. But when you look at it, uh, how the season has transpired, it's been like we've given up 4.5 yards a run, and we're only gaining 3.5. Uh, so, so, so how do you view that? Because you might think, oh, well, it's only a yard, uh, 1.2 yards, whatever. But that's a significant difference. You know, whether you can run the ball or stop the run, and it seems like it's not uh, worked out on our behalf. Well, yeah, you're, you're, you're exactly right here. You know, it, it doesn't sound like a lot when you say, well, it's one yard different per carry, but, you know, you're talking about uh, 500 carries over the course of a season, 500 yards. And, look, all we need to do is, is score one more touchdown per game, and, you know, that record's flipped. Um, and yet, uh, so so every yard matters. Every you know every blade of grass matters. And and uh, you know in this game we we had 16 rushes for 35 yards. That's not going to win very many games. And so that's an area that we've got to um, figure out what we're not doing uh, because we've been a good running team in the past, and and we haven't been a, as good this year. Need to step aside, take a quick break. This is Mike Hoss, Bobby Bear, and Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. This is a special edition of the Saints Coaches Show. Keep it right here on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back to a special edition of the Saints Coaches Show, as well as the Saints Hour, all in one with Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. And Mickey, the the, the bad part of the short week with the Rams is the good part of the mini buy. But you also had Christmas in there. How did and also you get back at whatever four o'clock in the morning on Friday from from the Rams game? How did it all kind of lay out for this team, practice wise? Time off for the body, time off for the mind. Yet get set for what you know is going to be a, a very important two games, irrespective of what happened Sunday. You knew yeah. you needed to win pretty much your final two. 
Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Look, the the the, uh, the upside of of having a Thursday game is is that next week, and you know we were able to give the players, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off to recover, um, and and, and uh, um, you know spend Monday thanks or Christmas with their families, and then we get a bonus Tuesday, um, and then look, our coaches and our staff, you know, we were in on on. Uh, part of Friday, Saturday and, and, and Sunday and then and then they were able to spend Christmas with their families on Monday and then right back at it um on Tuesday and then and then a normal week starting Wednesday. So, you know, we got some extra work in, um, some extra preparation and game planning time and and um you know we need it. We need it to get ready for Tampa Bay. Now uh you know, Mickey, uh, fans ask me, uh, Bobby, what do you think about you look at the NFC South, it's wide open. Uh, look at Tampa Bay, they have a chance to win three straight uh, division titles. When you look at, and if you're truly objective, who's playing better at the quarterback position right now within the division? I'm not talking about the whole NFL. You can't say that Derek Carr is playing better than Baker Mayfield. And what Baker Mayfield has done compared to Derek Carr, bang for your buck, whatever. You look at supporting cast. But you have to acknowledge what Baker Mayfield has done with Tampa Bay. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously he's, he's played well uh, at times, and I think Derek's played well at times. But, you know, look, I think you have to watch every game and every play before you can make a judgment about who's doing what, you know, particularly well. But the, you know the records speak for themselves, and and we're looking up uh, at them in the division. They, they've you know they've done a good job, and and uh, um, you know it's been a, it's been a, a bit of an unusual year. At least it feels like it. I, I read today that 24 teams are still involved in the playoff hunt, and so there's a lot of teams that are in this, you know, seven and eight, eight and seven, um, six and eight, you know, eight and six, you know, area, and and uh, that's where we are right now, and. Look, we have a chance this weekend to um, to win a game, and then and then go into the last weekend with with another chance. So, but we got it. Starts with this weekend. Starts with Tampa. Look, I don't like that that they've won uh, uh, two divisions in a row, and then you know on the verge of of another one, they've got a chance to do that. I don't like it. Uh, none of us like it here. Uh, none of us, and certainly none of our fans like it. Um, but you know, we got a chance to do something about it this weekend. So we'll see what happens. Now, uh, you know, Mickey, fans have, uh, have asked me, and uh, I'm just a voice of the fans, and I'm just trying to keep it in the right perspective. Uh, when you look at, like, the quarterback position, much is given, much is required, and it changes year to year. And you can always, it's always hindsight. You look in, in the past at what happens in the future. For instance, like Alex Smith. He was a solid Kansas City chief quarterback. Then they draft uh, Patrick Mahomes. We win the bidding of Pat Mahomes. You probably were part of that with Sean Payton, obviously. We got Marshawn Lattimore, with, uh, how that played itself out. But uh, the question I have for you, are y'all willing right now, even though you have the money invested in Derek Carr, are y'all willing to maybe draft a future quarterback, whether it be a Jane Daniels from LSU or whatever, that, uh, that okay, not only 20, uh, 24, then you got to look at 2025 because, you know, fans have told me 
Well, look, Alex Smith, he was the quarterback for one year. Then they passed, uh, passed the charge. And uh, we all know what occurred there. So uh, is that a possibility that you could draft a quarterback uh, if you really like him, like high in this draft, and maybe make moves to move up to get the quarterback of the future beyond Derek Carr? Look, Bobby, you're asking me to speculate about the future and we're in the middle of the season. I'm not going to do that. Um, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a silly what-if exercise, so I'm, I'm not even going to go down that path. Mickey, what, what's unique about this Tampa team, at least to me, because they've won four straight. They lost four straight earlier uh, this year. They were 3-1, and one, fell to 3-5. and five. They've been very, very up and down. Uh, and as Bobby and you both talked about, you know, the Baker Mayfield, you know, when you play him, he's in his last four games, eight touchdowns, one interception. Uh, but when you look at Mike Evans and, and kind of just what he's done and, and certainly really, I don't, you know, I don't really care about his record and all the records that he's going to, that he's got. It's about defending him this week. And it feels like there's a lot of focus on 10 straight years of, of more than a thousand yards. And to me, the number to look at is he's leading the NFL with 13 touchdowns in his 10th year. Uh, I mean, he's got to be, you know, at, at, you always, you know, he and Marshawn have always been great battles, right? And just, but I mean, in his 10th year with 13 touchdowns, uh, he's got to be a guy that you, you, you've always looked at, but now even more so. Yeah, I think, well, first of all, he's a remarkable player and has been since, you know, since he set foot on the field. I, I you know, I think one of the things that, uh, that, you know, as a general manager, as a head coach, that you really appreciate with, uh, with players is, number one, availability, right? So Mike Evans, it feels like he's always available. Doesn't feel like he's ever hurt or misses a game. And the second thing is is just consistency. And, and he's the epitome of consistency, and that's evidenced by the 1,000 yards in every season. But, look, he, he's always there. He makes He makes every play, it feels like. He makes – you know, not just the spectacular plays, but he makes the routine plays and he makes it look easy. And, and he's done it game in and game out for a lot of different quarterbacks, um, different head coaches. And, and look, he's, he's a pillar uh, for their franchise. And, and, you know, we've had guys like that in the past. We've had Marcus Colston, you know, and, and Jari Evans at a different position, guys that have, have you just appreciate because, you know exactly what you're getting every Sunday. And, and I think that's, um, you know, that's as much of his value as anything is just that consistency. We need to take a break. We'll come right back with Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. We've talked a little bit about Tampa. I want to talk about some of the Saints players and some of the things that they've been doing and what they need to do Sunday in Tampa to keep this thing going. Mike Hoss, Bobby Bear, and Mickey Loomis. We're back after this on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
Welcome back. This is a special edition of the Saints Coaches Show Saints Hour, all wrapped into one because of Christmas yesterday, today being the 26th. We're with Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis, along with Bobby Hebert. And, you know, Mickey, it is what it is. We always, in the week of the game, we, we focus so much kind of on the opponent. We, we don't spend as much time looking at, at the Saints players. Um, and you look at, a, a, I hate to say quiet, but you look at Carl Granderson and what he has done, eight and a half sacks, 73 tackles. I mean, he's just been kind of, you know, everywhere at, at all times. And he does it kind of quietly. But what, what I see of him and Isaac Yedem, you wonder how, how is this his sixth team in, in six years and, and the game that Paulson Adebo has had. So there there have been bright spots, just, you know, not as much as we as you want, and that we understand. Yeah, I, look, I think there's. Um, I think you're right. Number one, that, that there are some bright spots. It's hard to it's hard to uh, shine a light on those bright spots, you know, after a game like uh, uh, Thursday night. But but you know, Carl had eight tackles in the game. He had a sack. You know, he's played hard. He's 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 developed and grown. I think a lot this year. Um, I think the last uh, uh, half of last season and, and, and this season, he's made some really good strides, and he needs to continue to do that. He hasn't arrived yet, uh, and yet there's, there's some good things. I think we've got a number of young players that, that, uh, that I'm excited about their future. You mentioned one, Paul Sanadibo, and, and um, look, Alante Taylor is, is developing, and he's had some bumps along the way, but he's, but he's also done some good things. Um, you know some of the younger younger players that we have. Eric McCoy, I think, has made has had a good season. Um, but those you know those things get lost in, in, in and and rightfully so because this is a, this is a team sport and and it's the best team that that wins. It's not the best roster. And so even though you have individuals that may be playing well, it's really you know the culmination in, in, uh, of the group that that make makes uh, for a successful season and and uh, um, so we, we've got to focus on on just being a better team as opposed to being better individuals now uh, you know Mickey uh, between the coaches show and obviously uh, your show uh, with the Saints uh, by, uh, and I say this because this is close to my heart I'll look at Foss tomorrow uh, each year a team selects a player for the Ed Block Courage Award in the NFL a way of honoring uh, those who uh, preserved through adversity. Uh, the Saints, uh, you know, chose uh, Foster Morrow, uh, to me, considering what he's been dealing with. I mean, he was the recipient of the honor after, uh, you know, he was diagnosed with the Hodgkin's uh, lymphoma. Uh, then, uh, you know, the teammates voted on him on that honor. Uh, Mickey, I bet you don't know this. You know who won that damn award in 1996 with the Falcons? <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess. Bobby Hebert. Bobby Hebert dealing my freaking elbow was so shot. I'm telling you, I'm fighting. My teammates know I was, like, fighting. But uh, that Ed Block Courage Award, we go to Baltimore, the old Baltimore Colts. We go up there, the old trainer and all that. It's an unbelievable kind of banquet they have for us. But um, I, I just wanted to say that, not to toot my horn, but I'll tell you what, I respect that. When I received that, the Ed Block Courage Award, you know why? Because it's voted by your teammates. And that's why yeah. I really appreciate that. Yeah, look, I think it's, it, it doesn't get enough um, 
publicity um, because, look, it, it, it's it's very meaningful. You, you know, this sport is about overcoming adversity, all kinds of adversity. Bobby, it, it's a it's a it's a it's a tough man sport. It just is, and there's so many stories every year. There's so many guys that have overcome adversity. And there, there could be, you know, five or six or seven guys each year that deserve the award. And so, you know, when you get selected above all those others, it's meaningful. And and in Foster's case, man, he overcame something that, boy, can just tear you up, you know, mentally. Um, you know, what a surprise to discover that, you know, you've got, Hodgkin's lymphoma. I mean, it's the last thing on earth that he would have expected coming here and getting a physical. You know, he comes here, he's excited about coming back to his hometown and having an opportunity to get a physical and, and maybe sign a contract. And and boy, you get that news. And and look, I I, I sat with him when when he got it, and and that was a tough tough deal. And for him to overcome that mentally, overcome it physically, and and play this season is just really remarkable. And he's, he he deserves that that award, uh, absolutely deserves it. And we've got a number of other guys that overcame adversity and would be would be uh, deserving recipients as well. Um, but I'm glad you mentioned that, Bobby. That was uh, um, that that that's it's a great award to win. Well, Mickey, uh, best of luck. Uh, I know it's been it's been a, a kind of a long weekend with with Christmas and the Thursday night game, the mini buy. Uh, Best of luck in Tampa this Sunday, New Year's Eve. That's how you bring in 2024 with a victory over the Buccaneers. And as always, we appreciate your time. Thank you, Mike. Bobby, thanks. Good talking to you guys. Let's pause 10 seconds to let stations identify themselves here on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. When we come back, we will have not only the special teams coordinator, but he's also the assistant head coach, Darren Rizzi, We'll talk with him about the Buccaneers and what's happened for the Saints thus far on the special team side. Some very special things. We'll talk about that and more here on the Saints Coaches Show on a Tuesday night on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Welcome back to the Saints Coaches Show, a special Tuesday edition because of Christmas yesterday and what will now be, I guess, a relatively normal week leading up to Sunday in Tampa Bay. Joining us now, the assistant head coach and the special teams coordinator since he arrived in 2019, uh, Darren Rizzi. Coach, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Happy holidays. I appreciate you having me as always. Thank you. No, we do. And officially in the stat book, it, you know, the, man, the Saints special teams just didn't block any punts this year. <laughs> but unofficially, Zach Bond, Nephi Sewell, JT Gray, I mean, they, have, they were such game-altering uh, plays, a couple of them anyway. I mean, that's just – have you had a <clears> – <throat> pardon me, we're all kind of scratchy tonight. Have you had a season where you've had actually gotten a piece of the football but actually got credit for no, no block punts? Yeah, I don't know if I've had three like this in one year. I know we've had a couple along the way. You know, the way it's, you know, for the fans, the way it's officially, it officially gets uh, recorded is if, if you block a punt, it goes over the line. Uh, you don't get credit for a block punt. You actually, the field goal is different. So if you block a field goal, it goes over the line. You get credit for a block field goal. But on a punt, the uh, the punter still gets the net yardage of, of if it goes over the line. So Zach Bonds was like right at the line of scrimmage, super close. JT's, I think, was credited for an eight-yard punt. And then Nephi... You know, heck, he got the ball before it hit uh, Johnny Hecker's foot, 
and so that went down as a fumble instead of a block punt. But hey, kudos to all three of those guys. I think that unit, uh, number of guys on that unit this year have really, really played hard and fast and, and physical, and and uh, and really, it's a credit to their game plan and 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 you know really. Uh, the way they're playing, and, and uh, so that unit's been a, a really, really, like you said, a real big spark for us this season. Number of big plays, not only in the rushes but also in the returns. And so, uh, like I said, credit to the players; they've really done a great job with it. So, I, I think the the one that I like of those three that we were talking about, the Nephi Sewell, because when you watch it in real time, you think nothing but block, but when you watch it in slow motion, I don't think I've ever seen a guy get there so early to you know, before the football can get to his foot. I mean, that was just an amazing play. So his forced fumble, even though it doesn't sound like, you know, as much, to me that was an amazing football play. Yeah, and it really, you know, we always talk about those game-changing plays and, and a block punt or whatever you want to call it in, the, in this situation. Uh, those are momentum-changing plays. Not only do they flip the field, they're, they're momentum changers. Um, obviously, on that particular play that Nephi, you know, made, we, we scored a touchdown, so we got points off of it. But, you know, those are, those are huge momentum changers. And, uh, you know, I've only seen that a couple of times. Again, for the fans, you know, the operation time for a punt traditionally is in the NFL is around two seconds. So snap to punt. So you really don't have a lot of time to get there. And, and uh, Nephi just had great get off on that particular play. And, and, you know, he beat the ball to the punter's foot and obviously, you know, changed the game for us there and, and a huge momentum changing play. So, so again, it, the funny thing is, if, you know, a couple of years ago, we were just talking about this here in the office a couple of years ago, he would have got credited for, for a block punt, but they kind of changed the way they've score, officially scored that uh, in, in the last couple of years. So no matter how, how it goes, down in the book it's uh, certainly a big big play for for Nephi and the team the same thing in the Rams because to me the Rams had to know you were coming right they didn't and to, to, to be able to get a piece of that ball when they knew you were coming uh was was enormously impressive yeah it was a heck of a rush by JT you know we've had a number of times this year Mike where we've had a couple of guys um, come free and just miss. You know, a, a couple that come to mind. You know, Lonnie Johnson had one in in uh, one of the games where he, I think it was the Detroit game where he just missed, and JT had the one against the Giants where he just missed, and I think Ugo Amadi had one earlier in the year where we had some free rushers, and the Rams really got rid of that ball super fast, and and uh, JT had a really good rush off the edge, and really from a coaching standpoint, we got an unfortunate bounce. You know, it would have been great if that ball obviously went the other way. And uh, we were able to get points out of it or get the ball maybe down there, you know, closer to the goal line. But uh, but really great technique by JT, great get-off, great block technique. And, and like you said, you know, it, that, that play put us back in the game and gave us a chance there at the end to, to at least have a chance to uh, to tie it up. Now, uh, you know, Coach Rizzi, when I look at uh, that's one thing, you know, you want to win in all phases, offense, defense, and special teams. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but I say uh, I don't think we've lost one game yet uh, where we have not had the upper hand on special teams. So y'all look at, like, kickoffs. Okay, you can kick it out the end zone, and then they might maybe want you to return it. So kickoff coverage, kickoff return. But I think wh- where we really excel at, when I look at punt coverage and punt return, and you have to look at, like, uh, what occurs and then how we've had significant plays with the block punt. All I know is Rashid Sheed is averaging 14 yards of punt return. Well, uh, that's at an all-pro level. Now, uh, uh, now, it's not necessarily 
the case where uh, he's the only one returning punts. But I look at Lynn Bound Jr. Uh, he was also returning punts at a high level. Uh, uh, when, when you look at that, uh, what's occurred. But uh, look, Rashid Shaheed, then I look at it like uh, punt coverage. I remember playing the Giants, and we won that battle. Number one, like punt coverage, only giving up basically five yards of punt return. And people have asked me, I don't know about this, Aussie and rugby style and Headley. Uh, uh, so tell me if I'm telling the fans the right thing. Because I tell them, don't look how far you're punting it. Look at the net and the return. So we've basically been giving up, like, uh, or the net average for Headley, like punting, is 40 yards. But I know one thing, we don't give them no damn return. So I, I'm saying uh, that's one game, whether we're going to Tampa Bay or we're playing against Atlanta, I think we're going to win on special teams. I got to give credit to you and the players uh, because that's not just something that happens by accident. Uh, you look at uh, Andrew Dow, who's playing and who's the next man up. I look at DeMarco Jackson. We all know about JT Gray. I look at Nephi Sue. You mentioned Isaac uh, Yadam. It goes on and on. So that's one thing in the future. If you're worried about the Saints special teams, that should be the least of your worries. Oh, Bobby, I, first of all, I appreciate the compliment. And uh, it, it really is a credit to the players. You mentioned, you know, a lot of those guys, you know, we, we, we really have a well-rounded uh, core special teams group. And I think that that's a credit to our, our, our scouting department. Um, they've re- we've really put together a heck of a roster in terms of top to bottom. And, you know, a lot of those reserve players, those maybe those not those household names, some of them which you mentioned have really, really affected our games. You know, uh, one of the things we're proud of through 15 games is you mentioned the coverage. You know, I think a lot of times fans look at maybe just the returns or the field goals or all that. But, you know, we, we kind of start everything with, with coverage because if, you, if, if you're giving up a lot of yards – and you're given a field position, it really sways the game, as you know. And, and uh, you know, our kickoff coverage this year has been the times where the, other, the opponent has returned it has been real solid. Uh, you mentioned Lou Headley. You know, I, I've gotten the same questions that you've gotten, believe me, because I know that it's unorthodox. And I know it's 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 non-conventional. Uh, and it's a little bit abnormal to the fans for the way we're doing things. Uh, but, you know, I think there's some things that Lou's done very, very well. And I also think just like any player and any rookie player, there's some things that he can improve on. But the one thing we have done very, very well uh, is limited our, our opponent's return yards. You know, he, he actually is number one in the league in, in yards uh, per punt. Yeah, I think we've had 65 punts and given up 130 yards. And then he's also number one in the league in yards uh, per return. So those two things he's doing very, very well. You know, the other thing that might go under the radar a little bit is we've had the majority of our punts have actually been on shorter fields. So what I mean by that is is usually our offense has done a really good job of when we've been backed up, we've kind of got out of a hole. And so we haven't had a lot of punts in backed up situations. So we've had a lot of punts near mid midfield. So that sometimes can affect the numbers. But he's also in the top 10 in the league right now in, in punts inside the 20. I believe we have 27 punts uh, inside the 20. So he's really located the ball well. 
listen, there's there's probably eight to ten punts that we'd all love to have back, but you probably could say that for every punter in the league. And uh, I think, again, with the way that Lou has punted and the way we've covered, it's been a kind of a twofold. Uh, not only has he done a good job, but the coverage guys, you know, like you mentioned, a bunch of those guys, Ike Yedem and JT Gray and Lonnie Johnson and Zach Bond and DeMarco and Nephi, and I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody in there, but all those guys, Ty Summers, Taysom, they've all done a heck of a job on that unit of limiting our opponents. And, uh, you know, we, we, we take pride in making our opponents go the long way in coverage. And, and, and that's been certainly been a bright spot for us this year. Well, Darren, uh, best of luck. Uh, two games left, and you're right, special teams, you know, uh, fifth punt return, first punt coverage, fourth kick coverage. Uh, you know, I'd like to do anything, but I would not want to be on the back end of catching a Lou Headley punt. <laughs> it's just There's too many decisions in there. And if you, if you and this weekend, you'll see the bet. You'll see both. You'll see Jake Camarda, right? He kicks it, you know, he and Lou Headley could not be farther apart on the punting spectrum, right? And so uh, it'll be interesting to see. Best of luck in the final two games uh, the day after Christmas. We appreciate your time uh, coming on the show with us. I appreciate you guys, and uh, Happy New Year to you guys. I'm, I'm sure I'll see you soon. Thanks so much. You're right. Saints assistant head coach Darren Rizzi, special teams coordinator. Bobby, we appreciate your time. As always, you are done until 730 my friend, 7.30, you're back on for another half hour. Don't go far. All right, <laughs> Mike. All right, All Mike. right. <laughs> We're back with Mike Dettelier. Talk about what's left of the NFC South with a couple of weeks to go. Surprises, what has to come. This is a special edition of the Saints Coaches Show, Saints Hour, here on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Welcome back to the special edition of the Saints Coaches Show here on this Tuesday night. We go back out to the Silver Slipper Casino and Resort where Mike Dettelier joined us. And Mike, I didn't get a chance to talk to Coach Rizzi. I wish I did because it, it seems to me that in this offseason, the NFL is going to have to look at Aussie punting and taking two steps to one direction and punting because there's a big difference, right? And but you've you've seen roughing, not roughing, roughing, not roughing. Like they're going to have to clarify that better to me. Yeah, Mike. Uh, I talked to Carl Johnson about that. Carl was uh, he's from Thibodeau, so um, and he's still refereeing today. He was the head of NFL officiating. And he said, Mike, that got put in quite a few years back, actually when he was head of NFL officiating. And he said, it's, it's very pretty much what we brought in is what it is today. It's, it's like a quarterback, and he's in the pocket, okay? And once you get out of that pocket zone, then you become a runner. So th- that, that's how they have clarified it, that once you take a couple steps left or right – now, you out of the pocket from a punter, so you can get – now, you can't take your head off, uh, so to speak, and they can't really go for your knees. But, in essence, you considered now open game because now you outside of that punting pocket of which you could – they basically can't touch you. So, Carl told me that that's been in place, and he, he was telling me like seven or eight years now. But he said, we always look back at something we can maybe get – better or a little bit more clarified to it and he said you know if you're a veteran special teams guy like Darren Rizzi you you know the rules but he said you know this is an ever-changing NFL and they got a lot of different special teams coaches today that we got to kind of go through it over again but basically consider it just like a quarterback in the pocket 
and the way you get hit. But once you move and you become a runner uh, outside of that pocket zone, then they can go after you. You know, I bet I'm not a betting man myself, but if we were to take a poll of the entire NFL and say, all right, you're going to have to bet $100 on who has the top, who's number one in the turnover differential. I got a feeling Tampa Bay at eight and seven is going to be down on that list. And they are plus 10, and they are number one in the NFL. They've only had 14 turnovers. That's number two in the NFL. Only eight picks from Mayfield and one in the last four games. I mean, there's some. those are some numbers for an eight and seven team to be the number one. Usually those numbers are really tightly correlated. Turnover differential and record. Uh, this year, not so much. Yep, I, I agree with you. And, you know, I think when you started this season, if you'd have polled people in the NFL, uh, I, I don't think you might have got 1% of the people that thought that was the right fit for Baker and that he would play as well as he has. Maybe 1%. The other 99% were like us, that maybe this is kind of a, a bridge to the next quarterback at Tampa Bay, and maybe that they would be in the hunt for a Caleb Williams or a Drake May. Uh, Jaden Daniels wasn't even in the talk at that point. And, but yet Baker, man, he shows some grit to him. And he's a tough guy, and he kind of pokes his chest out, and I'm going to show you just how good I am. And he signs a contract, $4 million base, with $2.6 million in incentive. Like all he's going to say, all he's going to make, but $6.6 million for a starting quarterback in the NFL today? That's uh, man, they hit a gold mine, uh, so to speak, with that. I think what – is intriguing to me is I always knew that they could throw the football. They have eight former first or second round picks on defense. So, and that's Todd Bowles' wheelhouse. But could they run the football? Last week they couldn't run it at all against Jacksonville. But Baker was spectacular throwing the football to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. And how about Trey Palmer? People don't talk about him he was at LSU finished up at Nebraska and what he's been able to bring to the table Baker loves to throw the deep pass that's been something he's always liked to do and been pretty good at it but it's the consistency with Baker Mayfield that we hadn't seen in Carolina we didn't see it in Cleveland of him being able to piece it all together man and I got to give him full credit if he ain't the comeback player of the year, I don't know who he is. Now, Matt Stafford will, will give him some stuff, but Matt had some skins on the wall. He had done this already. Baker is a complete surprise. I, I didn't hear one person in the NFL say, boy, when they signed Baker Mayfield, oh, he's going to get him into the playoffs. They'll be the third straight year the NFC South champ. No one across the NFL fan, no one said that. Even the most diehard Bucks fan, that deal is what? Baker Mayfield here? Oh, my God. We're, we're going to be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. And yet he's been able to do it. And uh, also, to Rashad White. I think he's been a, a nice addition to that team as a runner and also a really good receiver coming out of the backfield, Mike. And, and he catches the ball like a wideout. If you watch him, it's out front with his hands. Pow! It, he catches it. He's not up against the body does a nice job and that was big question mark there too at that running back position of what was going to happen and who was going to be the lead dog Rashad White's been that now last week 
wasn't the case. Jacksonville said, okay, if you're going to beat us, beat us with Baker Mayfield. Well, guess what? They beat them with Baker Mayfield because I think they rushed for uh, under 50 yards last week against Jacksonville. Yeah. Last question, and, and quickly, but to me, the last time the Saints won against Tampa, it was 9 nothing. just a defensive showcase. If this Saints team wants to keep their hopes alive, I feel like it needs to be another one of those defensive showcases. Yeah, and they gotta, they got to get turnovers. It's got to be an un-Baker-like performance in 2023. Or sometimes Baker, you just don't know. But, but the one thing with him is he is always going to take chances, Mike. He's going to live and die with that. He is going to take chances throwing the football downfield. He's been like that from high school to college into the NFL. So, man, you got, you got to play better defense than what you did last week. No question about it. That is no, no question about it. And there's nobody, you know, I think the Saints would agree with that as well as always. Mike, uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Thanks to you and Bobby. I know you got another 30 minutes coming sure as do. we rejoin Sports Talk. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. My thanks to Charlie Long in the booth on what has been a special edition of the Saints Coaches Show, the Saints Hour. Thanks for listening, everyone, on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.